Welcome to the Institute for Person-Centered Care podcast, where the principles of person-centered care come alive. We are able to bring you these podcasts through support from a Scott County Regional Authority grant and in collaboration with KALA-FM. In today's podcast, occupational therapists discuss aging innovatively through community-based healthy aging programs. This week's podcast host is St. Ambrose Assistant Professor Dr. Ann Lansing. Ann's research interests include healthy aging and the impact of the environment on meaningful occupational participation. This podcast was recorded through the phone to promote social distancing. You can learn more about the coronavirus and the latest health updates in your area by visiting the links in our episode notes. Welcome to the IPCC podcast brought to you by the Institute for Person-Centered Care in collaboration with KALAFM. I am Dr. Ann Lansing, Assistant Professor of Occupational Therapy at St. Ambrose University. And for today's podcast, my colleague, Dr. Peggy Neufeld, and I are sharing with you our conversation about community-centered care to support healthy aging. To get started, we'd like to share a little bit about ourselves and our profession of occupational therapy, and I can begin. Um, I've been an occupational therapist for 30 years, working with individuals across the lifespan in a variety of settings. And for those of you who are not familiar with uh, occupational therapy as a profession, um, it's a health profession that assists people who have disabling conditions or are at risk for being unable to participate fully in life. Uh, This means helping them to be able to do the day-to-day tasks that they need and want to do. So about 17 years ago, I really began to shift my focus in my practice toward adults age 55 and older. At that time, I felt very passionate, and I still do, about advocating for and supporting aging adults to continuing to participate in the things that are most meaningful to them as they age. We know from research that there is evidence behind the connection between continuing to engage in what we care about to our health and well-being and our quality of life. So after I transitioned into higher education here at St. Ambrose in 2011, I began working on my post-professional doctorate of occupational therapy, and Peggy, you were one of my mentors through that work. Um, And I developed a community-based healthy aging program called Aging Innovatively. So I coordinate this program here in the Quad Cities, and along with four other OT faculty members and my students, we facilitate this five-week-long program that includes educational sessions on principles of healthy aging, as well as hands-on learning with all kinds of low- and high-tech assistive technology that can help support successful aging and aging in place. And finally, and importantly to community center care, we connect participants with a variety of community resources to empower them toward healthy aging. We try to do all of this in a person-centered way based on individualized goal setting and continued discussion with each participant throughout the program. Peggy, would you share a little bit about yourself with our audience? Yes, thanks, Anne. Well, I describe myself as a community occupational therapist, uh, and my work I serve as a consultant and advocate for nonprofit organizations who have missions that promote participation and 
value diversity, equity, and inclusion. I bring my professional lens as an occupational therapist to community agencies to assist in their needs assessments and doing program planning and implementation, program evaluation, and grant writing. My PhD is in education research with traditions of qualitative research methods, and my faculty positions were in the program of occupational therapy at Washington University in St. Louis, and before then as the chairperson of the OT program at SUNY or State University in New York, Downstate Health Sciences University in Brooklyn, New York. I've created many community-based programs, such as one for the National Multiple Sclerosis Society, a program called Gateway to Wellness for persons with MS and their care partners. Um, and much of my community work has been with agencies that promote successful aging. And one of these is called the St. Louis NORC, uh, which is a program in a NORC, N-O-R-C. That's uh, an area that is a naturally occurring retirement community for adults who are 65 years and older and who are living and aging in their own homes. So today, a little later, I'll describe how community-centered care has helped build and sustain that particular neighborhood intervention. In our podcast today, Peggy and I are centering our conversation around these questions. What is community-centered care and healthy aging? How does community-centered care support sociocultural and environmental factors to promote healthy aging? And what are some examples of the role of occupational therapy in community-centered care to help shape wellness at the individual, family, and community levels? So to begin, what is community-centered care, and how is it similar or different than person-centered care? And then what is healthy aging? So community-centered care is really focused on the health and well-being needs of the people within communities. And this should include how those individuals define health and wellness for themselves. We also have learned that in order to support person-centered care, we must understand and address the broad determinants of health. So those genetics, behavior, environmental and physical influences, and so on. And we need communities to support this. We start by communicating listening and collaborating with community members and those on the front lines who are working with community members. An example of this might be staff members at Area Agency on Aging. These are individuals who understand the needs. So before developing the Aging Innovatively program as part of my needs assessment, I had conversations with some of these key people. Through those conversations, they identified several key things to consider addressing in my program, and one example being the experience of social isolation for older adults. Another example that came out of those conversations was the need for fall prevention education, and the research supports this. And then community members themselves identified a need for education on how to set up their home environment to support them as they age rather than be a barrier to them. So community-centered care is person-centered as the intention is to provide the individual with the resources needed for health and wellness. And this occurs by providing the individual with social capital. And what that means is a network of relationships based on mutuality to support their health and wellness. Now, when we think about community-centered care to support healthy aging, we first need to understand what that term means. And the World Health Organization 
defines healthy aging, and I quote, as the process of developing and maintaining the functional ability that enables well-being in older age, end quote. So that means things like staying engaged in your meaningful occupations, um, to keep moving, to stay physically active. Good nutrition plays a role in this and staying socially engaged. And then for our brain health to keep learning. And I'm going to, you'll hear me continue to emphasize that new learning is so important to good brain health. And then supportive environments and not just the built environment around you in your home, but supportive environments extend to policy and communities to support older adults. And Peggy, I know you're going to touch on this um, in a while as well. So what are your thoughts on this? Well, Anne, I'd like to emphasize two components that I think are essential to authentic person-centered and community-centered care. These are promoting active participation in one's own health and health care, as well as building empowering relationships and partnerships. So person-centered care encourages the individual's active engagement with the healthcare professionals. Active engagement then could be observed when a person is seeking information uh, to understand their health condition and the treatment options. And also when the person discusses his own needs and preferences and interests in healthcare with their uh, professionals. And also it's observed when the person collaborates in any decision-making regarding the health care plan. So our research is showing that a person-centered care approach increases one's sense of control, motivation, and empowerment for changing your behavior, health behaviors, and thus your health. Now, when using a community-centered care approach, as I do in my work as a community OT, I focus on the level of a group or a neighborhood or some other specific community to encourage group members or residents to actively participate in the health of their own community and in building community partnerships. So let me just give you a brief example of that as a team member uh, with the work that I do with the St. Louis NORC. Remember, that's the naturally occurring retirement community. We encourage residents to take part in monthly meetings with their neighbors and a NORC team member, and we're encouraging them to express their views and concerns regarding the community with an open platform and then asking them, inviting them actually, to take part in the decision-making on any programs that we're going to be offered in their area. We found that this community-centered care approach helped NORC members embrace diversity, connect with people and resources. It helped them gain a, a sense of community and build trusting relationships with the NORC team, which is a critical piece in success. And then they attended more activity programs, which we knew was important for their health. So the community became healthier overall, which promoted healthy aging, not only for physical health, but for all for health in the more broad sense, as you mentioned, such as social, mental health, economic health, and even civic health. So our next question is, how can a community-centered approach address sociocultural and environmental factors and promote healthy aging? And we've touched on that um, a little bit, but I believe one way is to begin with education and through that educational experience to help aging adults build social capital. And I touched on that a little bit earlier. We know that social capital is a determinant of good health. So in other words, linking the individuals, the community members, to others who have access to resources to support them towards successful aging. 
So accessible community-based educational programs are one approach. The National Council on Aging has recognized that community-based programs benefit older adults in many ways, including improved quality of life, creating a greater capacity to take care of personal health, maintaining, if not improving, your independence, fall prevention, decreasing pain, enhancing cognitive function, and uh, as you mentioned, also, Peggy, uh, improved mental health. But reducing those barriers to access is key here. So that means programs that are low to no cost, uh, situated within neighborhoods or the community for easy access. When we think transportation-wise, um, maybe they could even be walkable. And in order to do this, developing community partners that are trustworthy to community members. And based on mutual respect, this is essential. And then within the program, establishing a culture of learning from each other is so important. Peggy, you know, you taught me this when you were my mentor in my doctoral work. This becomes uh, so important because it develops a community of learning. And your hope is that they carry on with the relationships they've built in the program even after it's ended. So in the Aging Innovatively program, we connect participants to Jim's Place, for example, our assistive technology house that I mentioned earlier, where they learn about ways to modify or adapt their home to age in place. They also learn about our reutilization closet, which is housed there, and this program lends or gives gently used equipment and devices to help them with their independence and continued participation. And then we might connect them with local programs that can create social connections for them, such as the Center for Active Seniors here in the Quad Cities. Or if they are concerned about falling, we connect them with fall prevention programs like A Matter of Balance. And we also know that supporting brain health through new learning is really important uh, to successful aging. So informing participants about low to no cost learning opportunities in the community is such a great way to support their brain health. So Peggy, I know you have a great deal of insight into this as well from all of your work in the community. What would you like to add to this? And I think one of the biggest obstacles to healthy aging is social, social isolation. It has such a significant negative impact on health. Uh, many older adults are living alone. Uh, they're widowed or the lonely with friends no longer around, whether they've moved away or they've died. And it can be very hard for them to make the changes necessary for them to engage more in their community at this phase in their life. So using community-centered care emphasizes understanding those needs and interests of this segment of the older adult population, and then fostering their empowerment for taking those small steps toward building social relationships and accessing community resources. In the North, we do this by providing opportunities, many opportunities and choices for meaningful activities and supporting them to access and engage in those. But another example of sociocultural and environmental factors that can create obstacles to healthy aging is the lack of aging-friendly community policies. This occurred in the St. Louis NORC in one occasion when they realized that a local fitness center had very few older residents joining the facility. Again, with a community-centered approach, the NORC residents were surveyed to get their perspectives, 
And their concerns were the high cost of membership in the fitness center and also feeling very unfamiliar and uncomfortable with the gym environment. So North staff partnered with the fitness center to create a new policy for a discounted senior membership plan. And the center staff agreed to the discount, but for limited weekday hours when the gym was less busy. So the center created also a welcoming program for newcomer support in the gym. It's, again, it's an example of partnerships that need to develop on all levels. And in the NARC, an advocacy group formed, and it was composed and driven by the older adult residents. So, and they examined their own neighborhood issues to identify actions that they wanted to pursue, such as learning how to write legislators for a letter-writing campaign, and then they actually took the North bus trip to the state capitol to, to hand them over. And for another issue, the seniors attended a city council meeting to increase awareness of a pedestrian safety issue uh, because the traffic light was unsafe by cha uh, changing too quickly for them to cross the street to the grocery store. So this advocacy group actively participated in making their community healthier and became e even more empowered to build productive relationships within it. So our final question, what are some examples of the role of OT in community center care to help shape wellness and the at the individual, family, and community levels. So I'll use Aging Innovatively as my example. Uh, this program is led by occupational therapists, but we've collaborated with community members who can serve as a community partner or serve as a resource for our participants to support healthy aging. So for example, we've had a staff member from the Area Agency on Aging who is certified to teach Tai Chi uh, for fall prevention come into our fall prevention session to teach a short Tai Chi class for our participants. So this gives them hands-on experience with that to make their decision moving forward. Ahead of starting the program, we do one-to-one -one coaching uh, with each participant, and this is what helps to make it very person-centered. Um, to establish personalized goals for the program. And then at the end of the program, they reestablish new goals to move forward. Uh, the program in, has five weekly sessions, as I mentioned before, two hours in length that include education on principles of healthy aging. Um, each session is led by a St. Ambrose University OT department faculty member. And Within each uh, two-hour session, we allow time for discussion and learning from each other. This is so important. Um, we allow time for hands-on learning with an array of assistive technology, and our occupational therapy students lead these stations. So intergenerational teaching and learning uh, takes place, and that's very important uh, for our older adults and our students. Our participants take a field trip to Jim's Place, as I mentioned before, our assistive technology house, to see what the possibilities are to support aging in place. And then to each session topic, participants are connected to those community resources to support them as they move forward beyond the program. Outcomes of the program have been really good. Um, so, of course, having a better understanding of uh, healthy aging principles, but also improved life balance. So participants will express that they're resuming some of those valued activities that maybe they've let go of due to the aging process, and that's 
just very satisfying to hear that. And then we hear over and over again how much they enjoy the socialization aspects of the program. So, Peggy, can you share some examples related to your experiences as well? Of course. I've already mentioned a few ways that the St. Louis NORC promoted a healthy community and healthy aging uh, using community-centered care approach. And as their community OT, I was involved in the development and delivering evaluation of um, many of those activities. But I want to back up a moment and tell you a little bit about, about the program to understand the context. Uh, a NORC is, a, is, the ge- is the geographic area that has a larger number of seniors residing in their own homes than typical. And the St. Louis NORC actually began with about 33% of the residents in a one square mile were, who were 65 years and older, which is considerably higher than the national average of 12% of adults this age living in neighborhoods. And we began the NORC in 2002, and it's still operating today in 2020. Uh, Now it's a three-mile area in a suburban St. Louis. I feel that one of the reasons the program has been effective and sustained over the years is because we use this approach, this community-centered care, in our efforts to promote a healthy community and thus healthy aging. Multiple partnerships were created from the start with the NORC, and NORC residents were also actively involved in the initial phases as peer consultants. Uh, The multidisciplinary team was from uh, initially from Washington University Center for Aging, where we created and completed the initial needs assessment and provided a blueprint uh, for um, to, a blueprint to the Jewish Federation of St. Louis to develop and manage this non-sectarian NORC program. Now, the mission of the St. Louis NORC is to support the healthy aging of older adults in their own homes by providing opportunities for meaningful community involvement and increased access to support services. In fact, the tagline for our logo reads, Connecting Neighbors, Enriching Lives. So the program offers uh, residents in this three-mile area uh, many opportunities for health and wellness classes, lifelong education, cultural workshops, bus outings, as well as home repair, in-home computer assistance by volunteers. And the residents also have many opportunities to volunteer themselves in the NORC. It's exciting that the research on NORC, and that includes ours, is showing that uh, it has a a major effect, positive effect, on socialization, increasing use of community resources, volunteerism has increased, and their perceived positive health has maintained or increased. Residents express that they feel part of a community, which is what we didn't have on the initial assessment, and they feel that they are more likely to continue living in the community. Um, I'd be happy to provide references on any days if you're interested. Uh, the professional lens that occupational therapy brings to community-centered care is a gaze that combines looking at three main focuses. First, the specific population, its strengths, needs, and references, and also looking at the environment. We've talked about that quite a bit um, broadly, what's available and where are the gaps and then looking at the activities the specific population does or wants to do and the health of their activity routines. I feel that occupational therapy role is a good fit when using community-centered care with older adults in the community, such as in NORC. OT interventions are context-driven, client-centered, and they're based in meaningful activities. And I feel that they bring that added benefit to our work with multidisciplinary community teams. 
Well, thank you for being here today, Peggy, and thank you to our audience for listening. Contact information for your host today will be provided with the link to our broadcast. For listening to the Institute for Person-Centered Care podcast, brought to you by St. Ambrose University's Institute for Person-Centered Care and KALAFM. Tune in next month when we discuss person-centeredness through recreational inclusion for those with disabilities. You can learn more about the Institute for Person-Centered Care by connecting with us on Facebook and Twitter.